our praise this morning. Hey. Okay, you can be seated if you like, and thank you for the spirit of grace that's with us this morning. Welcome all the visitors that's here today. And most of all, we're thankful for the Holy Spirit that's here. How many come to hear from the Word of God today? Amen. We welcome the congregation in Canada into the service and those that are on live streaming. We have many that watches in every week, and uh, they're as much as part of our congregation as they can be, I guess. And we're thankful for each and every one of you this morning. I kind of feel saved today. How many feel saved? Did you enjoy the singing this morning? Let's give the singers a music to him. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles or you like, we put the scriptures up on the board. We're just making you lazy, really, enabling you. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14, our subject is the kingdom of God. And we want to look this morning as a little subtitle, Going Back to Eden. How many would like to go back to Eden? The question is, would you make the same mistake that they made? But that's what the message is today, that God is here taking us back to Eden. Our Eden is not the millennium per se. Our Eden is the garden, the city of God, New Jerusalem, that is 1,000 years down the road. Amen. That is our final garden of God. And therefore, we're looking at the kingdom, and we know that it is both spiritual and literal. And that's what gets so confusing, uh, especially in the Godhead. If you understand the kingdom, you'll understand the Godhead. If you don't understand the Godhead, you cannot understand the kingdom of God. And the reason why most people cannot understand the Godhead is because they do not understand proper water baptism to quicken the soul. I found in most uh, ministers that basically fall, what we call fall, or get into trouble. And today the biggest trouble is women. Second biggest problem now is money. And nobody's getting popular, so it has to be women. Amen. That's what it created the first fall, and that's what falls every minister in the hour. I found out if you had talked to them very carefully and they would open their minds, you would understand the reason they fell is that because they were not properly baptized. They went to the water because somebody told them they had to be baptized to be saved. They went to the water and they said, well, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they had a man, they went to the water, they went through the ceremony, they heard the word of Jesus Christ being baptized over them. So now they think that they're saved and are ready for the kingdom of God, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You go to the water with a revelation first. And until you have a revelation of who Jesus is, don't go to the water. And that is one of the reasons why the prophet of this hour taught you ought to wait at least three to six months after you have repented, gone to the altar, committed your life to Christ, and made the confession that you are a believer. Wait about three to six months to see what your confession does for you. Because if your confession begins to change your life and begins to open up the renewing of the mind, then you can go to the water to be baptized to seal your confession. 
At water baptism, God only bears witness as soon as you come out of the water if your revelation of Jesus Christ is correct. When you come out of the water, you will see the witness of the Holy Ghost proving or bearing witness to your revelation. If you do not have a revelation of Jesus Christ, you'll only come up wet. And then you'll go into a religion. Sooner or later, that religion will fail you. And I'm not talking about some Baptist, Methodist, whatever more. I'm talking about the message of the hour. Because we're going to look at the example of Nicodemus in a few minutes and see that he is a modern-day Pentecostal. He was a oneness legalist. And he could not identify Jesus in the flesh to understand the new birth. Most people today don't, does not understand the new birth or how to be born again. And that's what we're looking at today because the kingdom of God is basically the new birth to you. Or the spirit word coming into you, making itself power in you. The power in you is to have the ability or take over your soul that causes you to have the spirit and the attitude and the ability to listen. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is being able to listen to the revealed word and something in your heart says amen to it. Hearing is the key. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not your dress. It's not your code. It's having an ear to hear the revealed word of God for your hour. All right. So that's some of the things about the kingdom of God because the kingdom is the Holy Spirit God himself. He is invisible. He is spirit. No man can know where the wind cometh or where the wind goeth or where the spirit cometh or goeth. It's all according to the predestinated will of Almighty God. The Father in heaven, the Word, and the Holy Spirit are one. So this Word here is God in letter form. This Word quickened in you by the Holy Spirit is God in spirit form. And if this Word comes in you and this Word comes out of your mouth, it's deity speaking. And that's where we bring the kingdom of God into power, which the kingdom of God is the word made manifest in power in you, and it comes by your confession. Jesus told us the kingdom of God is in your midst, and there he stood, and he was the incarnated God in flesh. He was God veiled, making Jesus or Christ the mystery of God revealed in human flesh. The great eternal purpose of God was to have a family and to have his own physical, tangible body that he could fellowship with them through physical means. Amen. So we're looking at a God who wanted a family. This family is a kingdom. And he's kingdom because the life of God, the gene of God, the seed of God is in each individual person making them sons or offspring of God revealing the mystery of Christ in you the hope of glory so this is some of the things we understand I looked at uh, 2394 quotes where brother Branham mentioned the kingdom of God in his early ministry he kept saying no one can understand the kingdom of God no one can understand the kingdom of God without being born again he said that's the reason people cannot understand the kingdom they do not know it and will not know it unless you are 
born again. And that's what we want to look at uh, this morning because the message that Jesus brought, Mark 1.14, now after that John was put in prison, and he was put in prison because he got in trouble preaching about the woman. The woman put him in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, watch, manifesting or preaching, making the word, making the good news of the gospel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. No one understood the kingdom except in a literal way. The Jews understood that they were to be the uh, kingdom on earth, the head and not the tail. They still believe that. That's the reason the animosity between the Jews and the Gentiles and the Jewish people and all the other uh, nations and religions. So why does people hate the Jews? Inwardly, they hate the Jews because they are the promised seed of Abraham to promise to rule in a kingdom to be the head and not the tail. They absolutely believe that there's a land prophesied as their kingdom, their land. And that one day their Messiah will come and he will be the king and Israel will be the headquarters and they will rule the world in a government as uh, Jesus being the king or their Messiah being the king ruling the world in the government and they'll be the head and they'll be the boss and they'll control everything. Israel is, will never be the filth kingdom. There'll be 144,000 remnant out of this generation that makes up the remnant of the Jews and they will not even uh, sit in the throne with him. They'll be servants to the bride. Because they missed their Messiah when he come in flesh. They missed him. In other words, they could not see the Spirit God manifested in flesh. Now the new birth causes, or the predestinated gene in a heart, will cause an individual to be able to recognize the Spirit God manifested in human flesh. Amen. So if you know the Word of God, no matter what form it's in or what individual it is in, you can recognize the Word, which is God, dealing with you, speaking with you, and manifesting Himself in human flesh. So if the Spirit of God ever come back and incarnated or come in the fullness of the Holy Ghost and dwelt in a man, even in making him the same ministry and like Jesus was 2,000 years ago, it would be the same spirit, same word, same purpose, same plan, doing the same power and the same works, proving that God, or the kingdom, the power, God himself is here in human flesh being manifested. When you see devils cast out, you see the kingdom of God in its power. And our great commission was the general commission to just the body of believers, is Mark 16, we went through all that, that these signs shall... Follow those that believe the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel today? The kingdom of God is at hand. God himself is here. Amen. People say, well, I'm in the message. You ask them what the message is, and they go, oh, but I'm the God, Brother Brown's a prophet, da, 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 da. The message of this hour is God himself is here. Amen. What is he here for, Brother Gregory? To take me back to Eden. Now the question is, how is he going to do it? And when is he going to do it? And how is he doing it in us? And can we see this invisible person, this power, this spirit, manifesting himself in human flesh? 
I would say amen, amen. Because the word has to be made flesh. And we have to see that word. If the revealed word, which is God himself, begins to take preeminence in you and your thinking. Now remember, the devil took your head and God took your heart. In the Garden of Eden, when we get back there, we'll find out that the devil took the head or the intellect. God chose the heart. People would get on to me because I preach two thrones. Brother Banner mentioned three thrones. Three thrones. So don't get on to me about two when he mentioned three. One in heaven, one on earth, and one in the human heart. The three thrones of God. So what we're looking at is God taking his throne in the human heart. Because if God sits on the throne of your heart, he's king of you. You say, well, I don't feel like doing that. No, there's something in you, a spirit life in you that says, no, I don't want to do that. There is a control tower in here. There is a tie post in here. That no matter what this thing out here tells you, the flesh, it's enticing through the senses. There's something on the inside of the inside that will hold you to the Word of God regardless of what this out here says that you would like to do. We call that God taking preeminence in your life or the new birth. You cannot serve God through the human instrumentality of this flesh. You cannot exercise enough self-will. You cannot fulfill any ritual. You cannot keep any program. You cannot uh, cite any prayers that will keep your life in control and harmony with God outside of the Spirit of God sitting on the throne of your heart. To do that, He had to drive something out of you. He drove the devil out and he sat down on the throne of your heart. And the devil come out here right back to the brain, right back to your mind. And says, you ain't got nothing. I'm still in control. I can do with you what you want. Come over here, look at this and look at that. But somebody down in here says, get thee hence, Satan. So I will live by every word of God, not by bread alone. Can somebody say amen? We have... And are a part of that authority within us now. Most people say, well, in the message, we can't do this, and we can't do this, and we can't. No, it's not we can't do so-and-so and so-and-so because of so-and-so. There is no want to on the inside of you. And if you're, like Brother Branham said, in North and Not, 1965, about being enticed out here by the senses, even a Pentecostal preacher born on the second realm, he has an anointing on his spirit. He preaches and everything else. And when he sees this little girl, da 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 da, something up here said, No, 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 don't do it. You're not supposed to do that. And on the second round, No, 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 you can't do that. You're a preacher, you're a Christian, you can't do that. But because something is not holding him in the third realm, something's wrong with the tie post. And the only thing wrong with the tie post. Is because of his misunderstanding the word up here. He bought a bill of goods. He is off of the word. Therefore, this has more power than the typos or the soul that has not been quickened by the revelation of Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. There's only one Savior of humanity. 
And that is God manifesting himself through flesh as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And if you accept that sacrifice, that perfect blood, and identify yourself with him through water baptism and death, burial, and resurrection, the Spirit God will bear witness to that confession out of your mouth and give you a tie post on the inside of the inside. There's the kingdom of God. That's ruling and reigning on the throne of your heart. And he understands now. You say, well, what about so-and-so? What does that put him in? I'm not interested in that. All I'm interested in is if he was properly baptized with a revelation before he went to the water, his tie post would hold him. That's any person, preacher, laity, priest, king, whatever it is. We're all the same. If you're born again, you have a tie post of the Word of God. Now you are in the kingdom of God under the authority and the rule of a spirit life inside of you. Amen. Glory to God. That makes a preacher want to speak in tongues if he could. Mark 1.15 says, And saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I'm not preaching about 2,000 years ago. I'm preaching Alpha and Omega because the same Spirit God come down in this hour. According to Revelation 10:1, God Himself come down in the form of a pillar of fire. And He come to Revelation 10:7, which was a man. We call a vindicated prophet who was only the voice of this heavenly angel. Jesus was only the voice of the heavenly angel, which was his father. The works that he done was the spirit God, the kingdom God, the one in charge, the one, the creator of all things. He was the one that performed the miracles. He was the one that was doing the speaking because he wanted to reveal himself. The invisible one wanted you to see him in human flesh as a person. That's the reason Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. You see God. Then people, oh, yep, Jesus is God. No, he is only the mystery of God being revealed in human flesh. Amen. The time is fulfilled. Luke 12, 31 said, but rather ye seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. We have needs that we want to do, but number one priority in the book of the New Testament are the four Gospels. The message according to Jesus, the first priority was what? Seek ye the kingdom of God. Now, go find any theologian. Go read MacArthur. You go read all the Spurgeon, read every theologian, Robertson, all of the great theologians of this hour, and they will all tell you up front, no one can understand the kingdom of God or interpret it properly until they understand who Jesus is, and that is a mystery. Because the mystery of the kingdom is the revelation of who Jesus was, and vice versa. One is spiritual, one is literal. Jesus was the Word, spiritual Word, Spirit God, manifested or revealed in the tangibility or literal human flesh. But the kingdom of God, which was God himself, which is light and life, was dwelling inside of him that you could not see visibly. You could only see its action, hear its words, what more through your senses. 
And by hearing, we should be able to see God. Jesus operated, I believe, by visions. The Father would show him something, like the woman at the well, and said, I must go down here. And he went down and sat. I believe by vision, God showed him the woman coming to the well. And she come to the well, and he said, give me a drink. You know, understand the story. That was Brother Brown's mantra that he picked up, because he always went back to the woman of the well. You have five husbands, the one you're married to is not yours. She said, well, I heard that when a, the prophet comes, he will tell us such things. He said, he that speaketh to thee is him. In other words, God spoke to her face to face through a physical body, and by the discerning of the heart, she was revealed or understood being a predestinated seed in that condition. She saw and believed the word in flesh and said, come see a man who told me all things. In this hour, we have the ability to say, we have seen a man or come hear a man that has told us all things. Surely this is Elijah that was promised to come at the end time to restore our hearts back to the revelation of Jesus Christ as it was back 2,000 years ago. Glory to God. That ought to make us want to come up a little higher this morning. Seek ye kingdom of God. So watch. Brother Bram said, now we're looking at Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And if you see Christ, the mystery of God revealed, you can understand the kingdom. Are you following now? So to understand this great mystery of the kingdom. Now we could go back to Matthew 13 as we quoted last week. Where Brother Bram said the great mystery, number one mystery, was the kingdom of God. As we study in Matthew 13. Okay, he gave you the scripture key. And if you go back there, there's a parable of the sower. So I get out of that. The first principle, not to get too far off this morning. The first principle is you have to sow to reap. The sower was a son of man. He sowed the word to reap the word. But there was another sower that come right on in behind him. And now we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. There was another sower that come in. And he sowed also. And these tares is the product of this wicked one. The seed is the product of the Son of Man or the Word. The harvest is the end of the world where we're at now. And the angels has come to gather us together. Revelation 18 saying, come out over my people that you be separate, saith the Lord. And we have the guarantee that only his people has the ability to hear the word of God and recognize God in a human flesh. So Brother Bram said, now going back to Eden is what our subject, going back to Eden. And in this study, we want to go all the way back to the literal part in the kingdom, all the way back to the spiritual, literal part in the New Jerusalem, which is basically that heavenly city, which is that dimensional garden of God called the kingdom or the headquarters of God. How many knows that the Garden of Eden now, we'll get into the study of it, the Garden of Eden was God's headquarters on earth. That was God's little kingdom on earth. I believe that it was covered as a dimensional area. It was protected by the Holy Ghost or God himself because it said God would come down in the cool of the day and fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden. 
Now remember all they were there for. They was taken out here. We'll get to this. Adam's body was taken out of the dirt out here. The earth. And he was put in here. That already tell you that we have to have an immortal body. We've got to get back to the tree of life. Eat of the tree of life. Obtain an immortal body where we can go to the marriage supper up here. Adam's body was taken out here of the earth. He was put in the garden. Into the presence of God. That's where we're at this morning. I'm talking, I'm preaching the message of this hour. They were put in the presence of God. In there we find two trees which was Jesus and Satan. I'm getting a little ahead of myself now. They didn't come out of the ground. Because God said you can eat of every tree that groweth out of the ground. You can eat the fruit thereof. You can eat, eat the bark thereof. But there's two trees in there. One the tree of life. And the one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It didn't say they were coming out of the ground. And when we go through scripture we'll find out one of them was Satan. And one of them was Jesus. Both trees, symbolic language trees represent headquarters are men. Both trees was in the garden of Eden. Adam was to stay there to learn the rules of the kingdom before he could eat the tree of life to become immortal, to spread his kingdom out over the earth until he populated or ruled the whole earth and colonized it for God. That's the entire plan. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Adam was placed here to dominate, to take over the whole earth and rule and reign it as a son and daughter of God. So what, what was then, then basically what we were seeing is they were under the headship. They was under the government. They was under the authority of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. But they still liked something. They hadn't eaten from the tree of life yet. Therefore, they was only in an innocent state, not knowing sin. They was in a state of innocence, not knowing sin. Not, see what I'm saying? When they sinned, something happened. Now they had a knowledge of something. When they come to the knowledge of it, they was took out of the garden and put outside here on earth to till the soil. Garden or the presence or the perusia of Christ, his headquarters, his kingdom was shut off. The doors were shut. Boom. He put fiery angels there to guard the way to the tree of life or to the kingdom of God. For 6,000 years, man has tried to get to or build a representation of that kingdom. And the product of it is every religion of the world. Every religion, if you get to the background, they promise you a better way of life, a new kingdom, an eternal life, whatever more, whatever more they promise. But every religion wants you to get there by your works, by your self-effort, through rituals, and complete subjection to a man-made leader. Amen. Every religion will fall. Every kingdom... And we can study the kingdoms. Every kingdom will be ground into powder. The Pentecostal kingdom, the Baptist kingdom, Methodist kingdom, Catholicism kingdom. Every kingdom will be ground into powder by Malachi 4, 5, and 6. 
when God himself comes down and stands and confronts the religions of the world, just like he did in India, and with a thus saith the Lord. This man will see perfectly eyes burn out as a sun worshiper and created new eyeballs and he could see and he challenged every religion. Come and let one of your priests come and give this man his sight. And they all held their peace. So God stood there in human flesh and declared, The kingdom has come nigh unto you. I am here. You say, well, he was just a little Kentucky hillbilly. It was God manifested in flesh. Praise be to God. Somebody shout hallelujah, I believe it. Recognizing the word in flesh is the evidence that you are born again. Christ the mystery of God revealed. Watch. God always has an order in the way that he does things. The problem with every person outside of the true believer now, and they are elected to be it based not of our own. I argued with and everybody else comes in and examines it too. There's just something built in you that causes you to be attracted to it, open to it, and basically molded into it. He said, now, there's an order. Everybody fights the order. Your flesh is against the order of God. Your spirit, until you're born again, is against the order of God. Your senses, controlled by the devil, is against the order of God. Religion is against the order of God. Everything about our being is against the order of God. We, even as believers and confess to believe, even verifying that God is here in ourselves, yet not completely changed yet. We're not completely full of the Holy Ghost yet. Wars against God. How many has a problem of praying consistently every day? Every one of us do. Who has a problem studying your Bible properly in meditation and prayer? Every one of us do. Every preacher, every person that goes to church has a problem with his flesh to find time for God to pray, to study his Bible, to attend church properly, and on and on and on. Because we get weary in this well-doing. As long as it's a well-doing for you, there's something that hasn't transpired in the third realm yet. When you're in the third realm, you don't find it a chore to attend the house of God. It's just like a man that needs to be fed from hunger. And a man thirsting on the desert. By Sunday to Sunday, you should be hungry and you should be thirsty. And there's only one well that you come and get water. And there's only one manna left on earth today that has any life in it. And that's the revealed word of God that brought to us by God himself. The only source of life. Well, I'll go down here at this church. Well, how much strength can you get off of shucks? Pig can eat shucks and everybody can eat shucks, but they can't get no life out of it. They'll starve to death and dry up and blow away eating shucks. How many gets tired of rituals? Oh, whatever they do. All, every religion got to say, uh, three times a day. Man, if I was on a long trip, I, I, I don't know whether I'd stop and jump out and put a little. 
was in an airport here wasn't too long ago, and it, it must have been a Muslim because you can tell basically how they look. I'm not politically identified, but you know, no, he was a Muslim. He goes over here in the corner, you know, shakes out his little prayer blanket. I'm not making fun. I thought, well, this is all right. We don't even want a witness here. He's shaking his blanket out. He's getting on his knees. He's getting down. Oh, he sits there. Oh, about 10 minutes. And he gets up, rolls up a little blanket up. He sits down. Nobody said a word. I guarantee you, if I'd have stood up and said, Lord Jesus from heaven, come down here and save these poor wicked sinners. They'd had a policeman run me out of the whole airport. But you can take any kind of religion. Are you following me now? They don't say a word about religion, but you let a Holy Ghost filled Christian open his mouth, dress like one, talk like one, carry a Bible around. Man, they eyeball you, talk about you, whisper one more, and gaze the women with proper dress. They don't like a born again Christian nowhere around them. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm born again. Yeah. When all men speak well of you, they've got trouble. Wait a minute. So Brother Bam tells us here, now watch, we're going to look at God's order, and that's the problem, because if you don't find God's order in the way that He does things, you'll never discover the kingdom of God. Now remember the kingdom of God in the parable was like a, a, a pearl in a field. See, once you understand what the kingdom is about, you sell everything you got for that land, that field, because there's a pearl at great price there. That pearl, oh my, I get pricked on it. That pearl of great price... Boy, if I if I just had flamboyant words to describe it, the pearl of great price would be beautiful. It would make you wealthy. It would take care of every need that you had. It would give you perpetual health. It would give you perpetual wealth. It would give you perpetual eternal life. It would give you a home built of gold and city. What more? It would put you in a perfect atmosphere. I'm talking about a pearl of great price called Jesus Christ eternal life. There's nothing like it. No price you can pay to obtain it. We must find that pearl. Watch now. So the prophet says, In Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Looking at God's order of doing things and how to take us back to the garden of which the first Adam fell from. He said, First, he comes to express himself completely, God in Christ. He comes to express himself completely. In other words, Jesus was. The full attribute of God, the pillar of fire, that form of God manifested and in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I believe the fullness of the Godhead was one complete attribute that we call the pillar of fire. How many attributes God's got? I don't know. And I don't think anybody else knows. But if one attribute of God acted and done in a man called Jesus, what is written in the Gospels, I'd be satisfied with just half of an attribute. Or maybe just a little ounce of an attribute. Or how about a shadow of a shadow of a shadow? <laughs> he said, that would be enough to make you want to go to church. What more than I, I want to go to church? That would make you enough to study the Word of God. Well, I want to study the Word. I want to go all the way out here and understand the deep things of God. I want to understand the Word of God until I see God in vision by the hearing of the Word. I believe that we see God. 
I believe he is talking to us through a message in this hour that has become flesh in us and to us. We have seen a man in this hour <laughs> that talked to God face to face. Now just think of that. I know a lot of people talk about Joseph in Jeffersonville. What they do, that's fine with them. What he preaches is fine with them. That's between God and whatever more. But just to think now for this church here, they're claiming confession is that Joseph is a prophet. They're taking a quote. Brother Bram said, my son will be a prophet. Amen. And he's more than a prophet. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I might have to slow up on that one. Because to be a prophet like they're talking about, you had to fulfill Deuteronomy 18. And God said there's two kinds. One I speak to in dreams and visions. And one I speak to face to face. Both prophets would have, thus saith the Lord. Both would be vindicated from God. Both would be able to create. And both of them would have, thus saith the Lord. I see neither of those qualifications in Joseph. Now, he may qualify to be a five-fold prophet, which is a preacher or a minister. But when you say he's more than a prophet... Then you are confessing that he is God manifested in flesh. And I have a little problem with that. I can see a part of God manifested in flesh as a son of God. Just like I see it in every one of you. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a seal or our identification, our approval, our mark of God. That we are a part of God the Word. My soul and your soul come from God. You say, well, I once was lost, but now I'm found. You, you once had amnesia. You never was lost because that soul in you is eternal. Oh, no, I, I got a new soul. You didn't get no new soul. This teaching and this old soul, new soul. No, 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 no. My old soul was the original soul. I'm not trying to get rid of my old soul. I'm coming to the recognition and acknowledgement that my old soul was a soul of God to start with. Come on now. And there's no sin laid to our charge. Why do, why do you say that? Because God himself has come down here and said, I lay nothing to your charge. Now, if you don't recognize God in human flesh, then you only heard a preacher preach a sermon. But if you recognize the spirit word in flesh, then you take the word as God speaking to you. I never done it in the first place. Hallelujah, that ought to make a dead man come out of the grave and speaking in tongues and giving praise to God. Glory to God. That makes the old man feel younger. First, express himself completely, God in Christ. Second, to have the preeminence by this in his church, which is his body, the bride, till he could have the preeminence to express himself through them. In other words, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And it's not me that's speaking to you, it's my Father within me. So life is in me. And he's telling you the way to himself. He's telling you the formula 
to be in the spiritual kingdom or to be quickened by the same spirit that the Holy Ghost can be king in your life, reign in your heart, because God's throne this morning is sitting in the hearts of the believers. If God's throne is in the hearts of the believers, and we are believers, then we should express the preeminence of the Word of God in our lives, out of our mouth especially, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And the Bible said, if I confess Jesus as Lord, I shall be saved. But what happens if I don't confess Him as being Lord? I'm saying that God is not king. He's not on His throne. He's not in my life. I'm in charge of it myself. So therefore, i got to take care of myself. I started to use the word good luck on that, but that's not that's giving credit to Lucifer. So we'll just see how it works out for you that way. I've never seen it work out any good at all. When people come, embrace Christ through the revealed word. Confess that they have seen him manifested through a prophet. Witness to the miracles and whatever more. And then what we call fall away. Now remember... We don't believe in the doctrine of falling away. A born-again son and daughter of God cannot fall away. It is those who had a confession of faith that wasn't born again that drifted away. And the reason why they drift away is because they didn't have an ear to hear. They couldn't understand what was going on. And pretty soon they got bored with it all. If I sit and listen to some man beat his gums every week and I don't understand what he's saying, I don't get nothing out of it. I try every trick that he says, well, pay your tithes, do this, want more, and don't work for me. Pretty soon I'll say, well, it doesn't, it's just not for me. And I'll, I'll go looking for something else. But they never find it. They never find it. You can go to any church you want to this morning. You will not find life because the Word of God is not there. Brother Gregory, are you so arrogant that you think that there's no word in any of these other churches? Amen. There is no word in these churches. Well, what about John 3.16? What about John 3.17? This is the condemnation. That light, what is light? The word, what is the word? God himself. God has come down and set and talk to these churches mouth to ear, face to face. And they say, we don't not going to accept this man to rule over us. We don't like God's way of doing things. Nobody liked God's order. And what is the order? Same plan, same formula. Pillar of fire. And his prophet. One man show. He said, now watch. He's going to take preeminence in us. And then he's going to restore the kingdom. Restore the kingdom to its rightly position. What's his rightly position? Seventh day, thousand years reign, keeping the promise that you will rule and reign with him. Jesus' inheritance is this earth. We are joint heirs with him, so we get a part of Jesus' inheritance. Say amen. amen. 
We are standing here on earth this morning, and we will be on earth. People say, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. You're not going to go to heaven. If you die, you go into another dimension. You sit there and wait until you come back to this one. Come on. You say, well, across the town, oh, it's so beautiful and wonderful over there. Not as wonderful as it is here. In a new body. <laughs> our kingdom, our inheritance is this earth. We're going to rule on this earth. We're going to bring heaven down here to earth. Oh, how are you going to do that, Brother Greg? Because we're going to bring the revelation of God. We're going to bring the preeminence of God. We're going to bring His rule, His authority, His power right down here on earth in us with Jesus as our big brother and our king and in symbolic form, our bridegroom. We're going to have 144,000 servants. I doubt if I would be one apiece. But they'll take care of it. Because you know an immortal man don't need many people helping him out. Find his clothes. Shine his shoes. Kicking his, cooking his meals. Tell him what time he's supposed to be here. What time he's supposed to be there. I think an immortal man he'll be on time. He'll be where he's supposed to be. I, I wish a little more immortality would show up in us. <laughs> They will know what to say. They got enough power and speed to be here in a split second, be over talking to the Pope. You're talking about an immortal man can basically speak sons in existence or stop the sun. And an immortal man can do basically anything he wants to. All right, you put an immortal company of sons and daughters on this earth, and what do you got? My, 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 my. What one can't think of, the other can. Amen. It's going to be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I feel it already in my bones. Yes, sir. It's coming. I say praise. How many knows my trump tie this morning? <laughs> See my trump tie? That's a, that's a trump tie. That's power, boy. That's, that's a power tie. I put on this red tie this morning. I just felt the power rise up in me. Boy, I could just feel the anointing all over me. Praise God. I say, go get them, Trump. Uh, let the last trump blow, praise God. Because when that last trumpet blows, we're going to get out of here. The dead in Christ is going to raise up, and we're going to have an immortal body, and we're going to split the dimensions in the air and go to the marriage supper to the Lamb. Oh, how long, Brother Gregory? Just, let's, let's just say, let's just criticize Trump just a little more, a little more, and put some Democrat in there, whatever form. I say, praise be to God, hallelujah. The marriage supper would be probably three Six months. Because I, I really believe that it's going to take a Democrat. I'm not preaching policy, but I believe it really take a Democrat to bring the greatest depression that the world has ever seen. Because as long as the Republicans got a printing press, we're going to keep printing that money. Yes, sir. Everybody can have a little praise God. Just speed up the printing press. Glory to God. Everybody, money don't mean nothing. Ooh, shell that money out. Praise the Lord. And put it in your own pocket. Don't try to put it into somebody else's pocket. Amen. I don't want to get on this one. But we see a government operating and it's not the right kind of government. Amen. All right. He said, back, back to the uh, restore the kingdom to its right position that fell by sin. 
by the transgression of the law, by the first Adam. Now, back to where he walked in the cool of the evening. Now, this is God himself with his people. Now, remember, at one stage, there was two people in one body. And before they was put in a body, they were two people in one spiritual body, theophany form. Didn't have no trouble until they began to have two headships. And they didn't have any problem until he took the one and put it into two. All right, now. Talk with them and fellowship with them. Now, Christ is a mystery of God revealed. The title is self-explanatory. He's telling you the title is what he's telling you. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. We understand by the promised word of this hour brought to us by a prophet. That the message of the hour that God cannot deal with a group of people. He never has and never will. I told you you wouldn't like the order of God. Nobody likes that order. Tell any church system that God has an order and he doesn't deal with a group of people. He only deals with one man at a time. And I guarantee you every pulpit in this county would be set afire and I know what their sermon would be. False prophet, false teaching because we know our headquarters is the headquarters, and the Catholic Church knows that they are the kingdom of God on earth, and eventually they'll breathe out everything else, and they'll rule and reign. Just as satanic and of the devil that you can get. The closest God ever come to deal with more than one person, as we're talking about, was in the Garden of Eden. And basically at that time, they were both together in one spirit body, and then he was pushed in a physical body of the earth outside of the garden. Keep remembering that because that is a special key for us. Outside of the garden. But the minute that he split those two up and put the male in a body, the female in a body, that is where all the problems started. And it started in the garden of Eden in the very presence of Almighty God under perfect conditions. There was no hunger there to cause them to question. There was no lack of power causing them to question. The temperature was set just right. Every tree was food. They had all plenty of water. There was no condition that would cause an individual to question God. But she did. And that's where all the problems come. That's the reason why you cannot have a double headship. Like they say, any two-headed thing is a freak or a creature of misfortune you can't even have two heads in a marriage or it will not work the failure in marriages is because the woman wants to be the head she is deluded by Satan to think that her opinion is greater than the heads that's how the church gets in problems we think our decisions and what we think God should be doing should be the right way instead of checking the Word of God. You want problems in a marriage, just get a big mouth woman on one side 
and a hard-headed man on the other side, and you've got a problem. Can I hear an old me this morning? Praise God. How many knows that to be a fact? Headship is what counts with God. The Bible tells me that God is ahead of himself. Well, if you're a oneness, that's what it means. It says God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. And man is the head of the woman. And both man and female together corporately takes on the female symbolic language. The church is called a she. God has a way of doing things, and we understand that God was in Christ. And whatever form that God come in at the river of Jordan, at the baptism of Jesus, where they heard the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell in. He didn't say, This is me, and I'm coming to myself. This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. How many knows that in the garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was in prayer, sweated great drops of blood because he did not want to go to the cross. And it says that the father left him in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus did not drop dead as they teach. Jesus could not be and is not his own father as the oneness teach. Neither is he one of three gods. Neither are there three persons in the Godhead. There is only one God. And one only begotten Son. In whom God created for him to dwell in and reveal himself through. And if you accept that visible, physical manifestation of God. You receive the Father. Glory to God. So when you identify with Jesus... You are identifying with the one who sent him. Therefore, Jesus is God to us, manifesting our eternal Father in and through himself. That's the reason Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father. All right, I'll put it this way. No man can come into the kingdom. No man can come under the authority of Almighty God. God will not come in and rule and reign over you unless you identify with me in water and take on my name. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father or the kingdom except through me. Therefore, the new birth has to be a part of the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. You must take that to the water. Watch. God dealing with prophets was God's way to bring himself before the people and give the people light and thereby give them life. For John 1, 4 tells us, in him was life and the life was the light of men. There cannot be light apart from life. You said, I'm walking in the light. There cannot be light apart from the life. You're saying, well, I believe in Jesus Christ and walk in darkness. It is impossible. You are deceived. Well, I was baptized. 
You only got wet. Can I be saved? Yes. But you've got to go at it right. You've got to take the true formula. And you've got to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. To go to the water. And seal. And God seals your confession. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Alright. So we're looking at the kingdom message of Christ. And we know that Jesus said himself. That no person could see or enter the kingdom. Without being born again. Oh, now we come to the sticky one. Have you ever listened to the message that the prophet preached, you must be born again? Well, you need to listen to it. I thought I, I, thought I was a believer. I thought I, I believed and I got baptized in water. Man, I, I got it. I spoke in tongues. Man, I really got it. Hallelujah. I'm in. Then I listened to that tape, you must be born again. By the time I got through the first half, which was a big, long tape, reel to reel. I got down and I repented all over again. I prayed all over again. I confessed every sin that I ever thought of or or would do. Uh, Then when I finally got it all cried out and I thought I was empty, what more? I got up and turned on the second half of the tape. Before he got on, he got me back in. That first half, he got me out. Second half, he got me in. I'm sure glad that he was a get you out and get you back in preacher. Because if if I just stopped the first half, I was out and I never would have got in. Amen? So no matter how much the preacher puts you out, he's got to get you in some way before the sermon's over. I'm not up here trying to put you out. I'm not up here trying to say the door is shut to you. I'm up here saying there is a door and you've got to have eyes to see to walk through it. The only freedom, the only life, the only liberty, the only power you'll ever have is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to yourself. There's the word made power in you. Let's go back to the famous Baptist sermon, the first doctrine that Jesus ever preached. His number one doctrine and his priority was, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and to do that you had to be born again. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, "Uh, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now this is Nicodemus' confession as a legalist oneness. In other words, he was a good Pentecostal legalist, let's say, around the prophet of the hour when he first come in preaching. And the prophet said every preacher that he come through the prayer line was guilty of immorality except one man. And that one man, the world, as far as I know, outside of a very few, hates him and hates his teaching, and that was Brother Lee Vale. Brother Lee spoke one time. He said, Brother Branham, he's done, they're joshing back and forth. And he said, oh, Brother Branham, you got them all fooled. He said, that, he turned around, that prophet turned around. He said, I could see his face turning ashen gray. He said, he looked up in that corner and his eyes darting, darting back and forth. And you could feel that presence in there. He said, I just froze. I said, oh, my. It's pretty soon he looked back and he said, come back to himself. And he said, uh, uh, Brother Branham, what was you doing? He said, I was scanning the book to see if your name was there. I want to know what spirit was talking to me. I don't know whether I'd want to have my name searched on the book or not, but it would be nice when he told me it was there. Amen. How many would have confidence that the prophet of God stood here and scanned your life and said, your name is on the book, you're all right? Amen. Then you ought to stand to your feet and give God glory this morning, for that's exactly what he told you. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise this morning. 
He scanned the book and found your name there. That's the reason you can stand and receive the Word of God this morning. Praise be to God. I believe it. I receive it. I'm going to give testimony to it. I feel the anointing in this place this morning. Praise God. You can be seated. That's the first time I had a standing or God had one in this building. That's good. Amen. All right. It should, the service should be over. When you get them to the feet, it should be over. Watch. Jesus said unto them, uh, watch how Jesus refer, uh, responded to Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. How many remembers the movie uh, where the two preachers were talking to Brother Now, Brother Branham, now we know that no man can do these miracles unless God be with them. And it seems like the very ministry of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham said, yes, this same angel that was in the wilderness with Moses, he's here today. And they said, we sure hope you have a good meeting in Chicago, Brother Branham. They missed the whole thing. He stood there and told them that he was the anointing, the pillar of fire's representation in human flesh, and the Pentecostal preachers didn't understand what he was saying, period. They missed it. And then he goes on to the movie of him standing there and talking to the women, them same preachers on the pulpit, and one of them was reading a newspaper. He said, somebody told a lie on you. There's a black cloud following you. He said, I see it. Somebody told a lie on you. You got a garter. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take every spirit and every demon in this building under my control for the glory of God. It's gone. And you see her grabbing her throat, it's gone. It was gone. And you're a Pentecostal preacher, and you got a great request this morning from God. You want a revival. Everybody, let's say, let's pray, let's have a revival all over the world. Praise God. We seen God stand here in human flesh talking to us mouth to ear. Praise the Lord. Jesus said unto him, now watch, this is Nicodemus' testimony. Jesus, you would think Jesus would say, well, you're a good brother. I'm glad that you appreciate the ministry. I'm, I'm glad for your attention. Uh, I, I sure thank God for you. But here, sweet Jesus, what did he say? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, you pharmaceutical legalist hypocrite, unbeliever. Oh, Jesus didn't say that. Oh, yeah, listen. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. We know the word see means to understand. I pray to God this morning that you understood and understand the things of the kingdom of God. But you'll never be able to understand until you are born again. And you'll never be born again until you're properly water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With the revelation of who Jesus really is. There's the key. When you understand who Jesus is, you understand the kingdom. Because Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. In other words, what I'm saying is God having preeminence in a man. Taking over complete control of a man. The Holy Ghost and the message today is designed to do that same thing for each and every one of us. Take complete control of the man. You cannot do your own will. You cannot go where you want to go. He may let you eat what you want to eat, but you'll pay for it. Well, I pray over my food. Well, 
I think instead of praying over the food, we ought to pray, Lord, is it the food that I should eat? Where'd that come from? I, I, I better go back and listen to that tape myself. Amen. I'm putting too much cheesecake in that right now. And anybody with a half sense knows that you can't eat cheesecake at night and keep your blood sugar down. But I've tried it, but it don't work. <laughs> Praise God. I'll, I'll get it to I repent every morning. I said, Lord, forgive me for eating that cheesecake tonight. Give me the willpower not to eat any tonight. He said, if you give me complete control, we'll make sure you don't eat any. Amen. Nicodemus said, how can, a, how can a man be born when he's old? Let me just stop here. He said, can a man enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? He's talking literally, which we, he already had better sense than that. You never get too old to be born again. He said, well, I'm old and I'm fixing my ways. Pray God, ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. It's probably the same way when you're 10. That's the reason your mama burns your hide and your daddy burns your hide, but you ain't changing anywhere, what you do? Now you're sitting in church, self righteous, pharmaceutical, got it made, got pride. I'm in the message. Hallelujah. I know more about the quotes than you do. Glory to God. And you're not born again. Because if you're born again, that nature in there is the name, same nature in Jesus. And Jesus was a listener. Think about it. Jesus was a listener. I do nothing until I hear or see the Father do it first. Come on now. We are born again. I always wondered for 30 years. I wonder how can this congregation sit here. I couldn't listen to myself. Two sermons. How can a congregation sit there and listen you're not a theologian, you're not a preacher, you're not a teacher, you're, you're just up here. How can they sit there 30 years for what? You're either born again or something's wrong with the brain. One or the other. And I'm going to take it that you're born again. Because how many can read? Can you read? Anybody that can read, can read the Bible and understand how to be baptized properly for the new birth. Well, I don't understand the Godhead. Every man can read how to be properly baptized in water to receive the Holy Ghost. And once you receive the Holy Ghost, then you'll be able to see the Godhead, which is the kingdom. Are you following me now? So when you pray for spiritual revelation... Pray first, do I have a revelation of Jesus Christ that I took to the water that God bears witness to me by revealing the deep things and the mysteries of God to me? If you say amen, then you're already in the millennium this morning. Hallelujah. We're already crossed out of time. You say, well, I won't argue about it. I'm not going to argue about it. I believe that we've already moved into the eternal cycle. We'll go through the seventh day. Right on. It don't even stop. It just moves right on into eternity. That's the reason we couldn't understand Brother Branham in future home. He'd preach this morning, he'd jump a thousand. Preach this morning, jump a thousand. Back from a thousand, back here. Why? It all blends into eternity. All the same thing. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, and that water there is not water baptism. That water there is word You have to be born of the Word 
and of the Spirit. Then if you hear the proper word, you will receive the proper Spirit. They said, well, Brother Gregory is off of the word. I'd rather have the right spirit and the wrong doctrine as to have the right doctrine with the wrong spirit. My question has always been, how can you have the right doctrine and stay right with the word of God and speak what the prophet and the Bible say and have the wrong spirit? You're misinterpreting what the true spirit of God is like. You get one comma off and you find that sweet spirit becomes a judge. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof. But cannot tell us where it cometh and where it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him how can these things be? Now, he is a teacher, a theologian of Israel, Pharisee of the Pharisees. And watch what Jesus does. Jesus answered said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, a teacher, and knowest not these things? He said, You're ignorant according to the understanding of the Scriptures. He said, You don't understand the Scriptures. You read it and you teach it. But you misunderstand Jesus. You misunderstand the Scriptures. You misunderstood the prophets. You don't understand the Word. Or you would understand what's going on now. If people understood the true interpretation of Malachi 4. Everybody's looking for a rapture. John Hagee looking for a rapture. Everybody looking for a rapture. I'm going to ask them before the rapture comes. God promised to send Elijah the prophet. To turn my heart back to the original faith of the father. Where is that Elijah? Where is that prophet messenger? The rapture cannot take place until God's word is fulfilled. I will send you Elijah. And Jesus said, John was not that Elijah to come. He has yet to come to restore all things. And he's promised to come at the end of this age, the end of the Pentecostal age, to usher in a new age, a bride age for the elect. He said, Brother Bram's a messenger to this age. He was not the messenger to the Pentecostal age. The Holy Ghost himself was the messenger to the Pentecostal age. They had oneness in there, twoness in there, trinity in there, speaking tongues of evidence. And furthermore, they went and made an organization out of it, proving it was of the devil. You will never denominate and organize the true real word of God because it is God. Then at the end of the age, in that day, right before the burning, say praise God. God sent us Elijah the prophet. He didn't only sit him, he come down here first and made himself known to him and sent him out with a message, I am here. Now, how many received that? Not very many. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so even must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to close here. Just a minute. Karen, if y'all want to come, we'll close. Let me find the end right here. So we see that Jesus confronted Nicodemus, who was a very religious man, who prided himself in keeping the, the law. And Jesus dealt with him as an unbeliever. 
Now you understand why Brother Branham dealt with the Pentecostal preachers as unbelievers. I challenge you this morning, any one of you preachers come up here and disprove my teaching on water baptism, come up here and take the Bible and preach otherwise. Because he had already seen a vision. And he said if any preacher had walked up there, they would have packed him out feast first. That's what God thinks about the true entrance into the kingdom. I might get by with a little bit off here, a little bit off of uh, eschatology down the road, more if it's not a gross area and lead you down astray somewhere. But I'm not allowed to keep that door to eternal life locked up to you or mistaught you. You say, why do you keep stressing water baptism through the years? I've taught series on it over and over. Because you cannot get in the kingdom. You cannot be born again. You will not hear or you, neither will you understand this message or this Bible Amen. without proper baptism and the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ proving that you have been bought and paid for and He is your Lord Amen. and He's the head of your kingdom Amen. and He rules and reigns in your life Amen. through a new birth. A new birth is only a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. And if you're telling me that you've been born again and I confront you with this word or this Bible. And you don't agree with it. Then this word which is king. Is not king in your life. God is not on the throne of your heart. Can he be? Yes if you repent. Get your heart right with man. Get your heart right with God. Get your heart right with yourself. Ask God to give you a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And make him Lord of your life. Make Him Lord of your life. Making Him preeminent in your life. Put Him on the throne. And ask for Him to grow in your heart. Then He will allow you to understand the things of God. And baptize you in the kingdom. And you'll grow and you'll grow. Until you absolutely become the Word manifested in flesh. Jesus called for nothing outside of complete regeneration of the soul. Complete regeneration. Complete new man. Complete new creation. Without a spiritual birth... He said, except a man be born again, he cannot understand the things of the kingdom, neither can he enter therein. This last quote I'll read to you and we'll close. Prophet of God in the message, God provided a place of worship. We all want to worship God and God's had a chosen place that he would meet every person. Brother man said, but the hour has come that every kingdom has to give away. Because there is a kingdom of God that's established in the human heart by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Notice now, and the presence of Jesus Christ. Now he's talking about the bright age. He's talking about present tense. He's talking about now. He's not talking about your days in Pentecost. He's not talking about the ways of the Baptist, Catholic, or whatever more. The days of religion are over. It's been indicted. It's of the devil. And that's thus saith the Lord. Amen. It is over. There's only one age that's got any life in it. Now, that is the bride age. And God is here as leader, as king, as God himself. He is here as the revealed word. Amen. The presence which is the message of the hour. God himself is here to take preeminence in us, to take us back to Eden. Yes, sir. 
And to do that, he must first change your body. If you're alive and if you're asleep, he's got to glorify your body, bring you out of the ground, join the sleeping with the living. And without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you won't have eyes to see the resurrected saints, which is the word manifested in flesh. Your great, your, let's say your grandpa could be walking right by you as a young 20-year-old man without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You'll say, man, look at that sharp-looking guy going there. wonder who that is. But with the Holy Ghost today, your eyes will be enlightened. You'll be able to see him as he is. You'll call him by name. And you'll be joined with him. And your body will be changed like his glorious body is. And we'll begin to see the multitudes and the corporate body called the she. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the word will be made power in us and manifest itself in the great catching away. Hallelujah. And we're at that gate right now. Watch what he said. And Christ will come to his bride and will set up a kingdom here on earth that will never be diminished. You will not plant and another reap thereof. You will not build a house and another take it over. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. How do you know it? You just keep watch. How would you belong into a kingdom and disagree with the king? Isn't that beautiful? That just makes the mystery just evaporate. How are you going to be in a kingdom and disagree with the king? That ought to tell us lots and lots right there. And the king is the word. The king is the word. Do you realize this morning that you have a king? You have a king. I have a king. And a king's government is theocracy. God Theocratic government. God ruling sovereignly. You don't question the king's word. You don't question his decision. You don't question his order. That is not a legalistic whatever more. It is a life. Sheep bear wool, praise God. And believers believe God. That's, that's just a part of them. There's no animosity. There's no resistance. They're just, it just... That's just the way that it is. That's you. When your body says it's time to eat, you say, glory to God, I'm willing. When you're thirsty, you don't have any trouble drinking water. When you're tired, you don't have no trouble going to sleep. That wonderful sleep. That wonderful, wonderful sleep. That wonderful, 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 wonderful sleep. When you go off into oblivion, you drift off into a netherland, praise God. And your soul begins to travel around, fly over the trees. How many has ever flown like a superman? Everybody done that? Oh, man, I, I know just how to do it. I was trying to teach people how to fly here a while back. Here's why you do it. Just take over. Just rise above. Just, 
You know, you've seen them movies where them guys they just start rising on you. You can do that, you know. How many understands that you have the power in you this morning to stand here and defy gravity? You've got that power in you. We only got to learn how to use it. But it's there. If you got one shadow, if you if you got a little light the size of my little fingernail in you this morning, that's living in your soul, and there's a little compartment in the heart that's there's no blood there, there's just a little compartment there. And science has proven that that must be where God lives. That must be where God lives. But there is one capacity, there's one element of the race that doesn't have it there. They got a place for a soul, but no soul of God. And it starts out in the garden. Two trees. So when we get back to the garden, and we eat the fruit of the tree, we'll be able to tell the fruit of every tree. I say it's time to get back to the garden. Brother Branham in the breach said he's taking us back to the garden. Right back to the garden of Eden again. You and I will be in the same condition Adam and Eve was in in the garden. In the state of innocence. But there the tree of life would be there. And now we are permitted to eat from that tree. To be able to see the kingdom of God. Amen. Can we stand this morning? Thank you for your faithfulness this morning. Watch. He said he's going to come up and set up a kingdom here on earth that will never be diminished. You are born into it. How are you born into it? It is a spiritual birth, a spiritual revelation. How would you belong into a kingdom and disagree with the king? And the king is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll talk a little bit more about Nicodemus, and we can look at that in your notes. But you find out that he is a type of the modern-day Pentecostal believer who come against God's order of God manifesting in the flesh. And he said, Brother Bram said, you've got to be born again. And in 1965, he preached the message called Birth Pains, and he said in there, birth is yet to be. Speaking of this new bright age, this new revelation of God in our hearts, which will bring us to a refilling of the Holy Ghost at the end, taking us right back to the Ephesian church in the beginning. And that's where we fell from, the Ephesian church, bringing us right back to Ephesus, right back to one God, right back to the order of God, one prophet under a pillar of fire, Paul in a pillar of fire. And glory to God, we have that same order in this hour. And we recognize God's prophet, God's presence, God's message, and we're making him king in our hearts. Amen. Brother Brown makes this statement. What is the new birth then? What is the new birth? Well, Brother Brown, he said, what is the new birth? You're saying people's got to be born again. What is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. Not you joined a church, you shook a hand, you done something different. 
You said a creed, you promised to live by a code of rules. But Christ, the Bible, He is the Word, and that Word is revealed to you. Now, what he's actually speaking of is what? The same as Jesus spoke of. When you see me, you see the Father. No, Jesus said that. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. What's the mystery? God veiled in human flesh. All right, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever, there would have to be a revelation of God veiled in human flesh today, and you recognizing that word and responding to it. And the response today to every minister, to everyone before the seals was open, you must be rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and that is thus saith the Lord. Amen. The reason why was their understanding and the revelation of their Godhead was wrong. Amen. And they went to the water in error. Yeah. And if you go to the water in error, there is no promise of God quickening your soul. And sealing your confession. And allowing you to see the things that you're looking at. You say, well, how do I know, Brother Gregory? If you're hearing, understanding, and feeding on the things of God, it's life to you. That is the evidence of the Spirit of God living in you. And your soul come from God. It is eternal and it will be in the great millennial reign with God. Amen? Praise be to God. How many loves him this morning? What are we going to please? Hmm? Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know Him. Out the call and take up your cross and follow. All glory to God. How many loves him this morning with all your heart? Now think it. And follow Jesus. Oh, take up your cross. Oh, every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know him. Without the call Take up your cross. Turn around and shake hands with somebody as you say now. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. To say that you know Cause, take up your cross. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Follow Jesus. Take up your cross. Oh, every day. Oh, don't be ashamed to say that you feels good this morning. Do you love him with all your heart? Are you ready to go home with him now? Oh, let's sing it out. Oh, oh take up your cross and follow Jesus.
take up your cross oh every day don't be ashamed just say that you Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good service this morning. I enjoyed that. I'm sure the Lord enjoyed it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Congregation in Canada, they're, they're with us this morning. Uh, I think we're supposed to, I'd have to check with my second head this morning. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, we're supposed to, we'll be flying to Canada Thursday. Uh, we'll be ministering from there. We didn't find anybody or know anybody close enough to invite them in to speak for you, so you'll have to watch the screen, which is all right. And uh, we'll have to talk about that because ministers coming in is getting fewer and fewer. So we're going to have to make some changes, make some decisions of what we're going to do because you've you got to be gone sometime, so we've got to figure out what we've got to do there. So, so remember us in, uh, as we travel. Uh, this is my 80th year. Hopefully it'll be a wonderful year like Caleb. Maybe I'll take the mountain this year. Amen. And God will renew our strength like the eagles. And maybe the 80 will be even more greater than all the other years put together. It's been a wonderful journey and a wonderful trip. And I'm looking for the great translation of the saints. Amen. So let's just end the service. Let's bow our hearts for a word of prayer today. And remember the request that was made this morning. Those that are sick in body. Because we are told the Great Commission was. Father, you told us in your word that we should preach the gospel of the kingdom to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You also told us that those that would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. Therefore, we understand, Lord, that you are here in the great promise of your word. You've manifested yourself in the great ministry of signs, miracles, and wonders. You've revealed yourself in human flesh as you talked to a man face to face even as with Moses. And now he had to decrease and now you are increasing in our lives and our hearts by the preeminent word of Almighty God as you feed our souls and unveil yourself through the word of God we become more like you and we yield our hearts more to you. So we ask you this morning that the great spirit of wisdom and revelation give us a knowledge of thyself and that you would make us one with you and come to this great union of the word in human flesh may this great invisible union of thyself into a body called your bride may it be granted Lord that you can bring the sleeping saints up into this dimension that we would all be joined together and meet you as you incarnate in the body of Jesus and as you present us to yourself in that person of Jesus Christ we will give you glory and honor and may this great revelation penetrate every heart. May every sinner repent today. May every backslider renew their walk with God and come back into fellowship with you. May every person examine their experience and their understanding of the Word of God. Make sure, Lord, that they've come into the gate, come in by water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the mission of their sins with the promise of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have preached your gospel according as we understand this morning by your leadership and ask now and present it to your hands that every word that is spoken will find a, a fruitful place in our hearts. 
that it would come forth and manifest itself as life in us. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank the visitors for coming. And we'll see you here week after next.